0: Welcome to The Real, the podcast where we talk about the entertainment that we consume and what we really think about it. I'm one of your hosts, Michael, and I'm going to say, hit the road, Vince. Don't you come back no more, no more, no more, no more. That was bad. Uh, And (laughs) this week I am joined by my friend, co-host, and the man that is always the last one to enter in the Royal Rumble that is our life. Jesse, how you doing, Jesse? I'm good, man. Wait, why am I always last? Jesse, we don't have enough time for me to explain why <laughs> I mean, you're
1: always last. <laughs> I mean, that's fortuitous for me in this context, but
0: <laughs> cool unfair. Yeah, you know, just uh, yeah, it just it seems it seems like you show up late to a lot of things. I'm Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, I try and do better, but. <laughs> Yeah, so um, this week, I—I I mean, actually, I feel like we've been doing this quite a bit uh, recently, talking a lot, and I, we can just jump right into the conversation. But we've been talking a lot about wrestling. Um, I still have not picked up watching wrestling any sort of consistency, but uh, I think it's just we've had a lot of things transpire very recently in the regards to wrestling. And I thought, and, and Jesse was like, "Why don't we talk about this? We've touched on it before." And I was like, "Yeah." And then we also. Um, in the conversation of the, uh, Lucia, uh, L- uh L- Lucia and laughs episode, we talked about that. I was coming to your place to watch the world rumble that was coming up. I did. And I think that's a little fun thing to talk about, but yeah. Um, why don't you, uh, obviously I'm assuming Jesse, you have kept up more on the Vince stuff past the, like one thing that I saw on the like YouTuber, uh, news program that i saw i I watch uh frequently
1: yeah i mean a bit begrudgingly i will admit but uh it's pretty morbid stuff i haven't really seen anything like this transpire at the executive level in wrestling in my lifetime so there's been a lot of fallout from all of these sexual misconduct allegations against one, Vince McMahon. And it, of course, just happened to coincide with a lot of other, you know, big changes that have kind of shaken up the industry a little bit over the past few years. So, as we always say, there's never a dull moment. But we keep up with this story because it's important to talk about, even if it is more of a dour subject than we're used to on this show. But it's important because this is a someone who's spent his whole life probably getting away with things like this. And he's finally getting some form of comeuppance to all of the vile shit that he's done over the years. And it's important to acknowledge when that happens because we don't get the little guys we don't get too many victories like that over these over these suits so we gotta acknowledge it and you know have those conversations when we can so we can you know try and learn something from it
0: yeah i i think that's a good way to look at it um as this you know shitty as a topic as this is um i think it is important for us to have the conversation and bring a little you know just a little bit more light into the there's some bad people out there, obviously, and this is one of those bad people that seems to finally be getting what's what's been coming to him for a very long time. He's always seemed like a kind of a bad a maybe not bad person. That's a uh, 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 piece of crap. Is that the correct word? I think I'm trying to look for piece of crap. <laughs> that seems appropriate in this context. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, so is, is not to like get into the super nitty gritty stuff because I imagine that um probably I mean we're nowhere near big enough to get flagged by anything, but just I assume <laughs> that type of conversation's always a ne- never a great thing to have. Um but can you tell us a little bit more about what like what what like what is going on? Like I didn't we just have the merger between um WWE and uh netflix or not merger but the uh, announcement of netflix like there's a lot going on with this and i'm curious to see what your thoughts are on like how this is going to affect going forward
1: yeah so if you haven't listened to our other episodes about this topic essentially you know vince mcmahon used to be the head honcho of wwe and was for a long time in the summer of 2022 he had sexual misconduct allegations made against him. And ultimately he wound up stepping down from the WWE. And for a while he wasn't around that much, but then because he was still executive chairman of WWE, he was able to force his way back into the company, even though he had already resigned. And then he was a driving force, in the sale of wwe to endeavor which is the parent company of ufc um, those companies then became part of a new company called tko holdings and then essentially wwe and ufc are subsidiaries of this new company and Vince was given a prominent role in you know, TKO itself. So he was no longer even an executive in WWE. He was higher than That, that was the real shitty part last year as it felt like he was going to get away with it again and be better off. And it was looking that way. But then over the summer of 2023, something interesting happened in that in one of their filings, Endeavor essentially labeled Vince as a potential liability to the company. And that raised some eyebrows because it's like, hmm, there must be something else coming down the pipeline here because why else would they do that when they seemed pretty insistent that he stay on in this new empire that they're trying to build. And so sure enough, uh, just about a month ago, uh, we started hearing, you know, now there's more allegations being made against Spence, but... It's not just allegations, it's a lawsuit by a former employee at WWE global headquarters named Janelle Grant and she is alleging that McMahon coerced her into a sexual relationship along with a fellow WWE executive named John Laurinaitis and a WWE wrestler who is also a former UFC fighter who is believed to be Brock Lesnar. Um McMahon then sexually, sorry, try that again. McMahon then sexually trafficked her and repeatedly sexually assaulted her from 2020 to 2021. Those are the main points of what was going on in the lawsuits. I'll spare y'all from the gritty details. I read a lot about what she was alleging in the lawsuit. Uh, It's probably one of the worst things I've ever read. Not a good day to know how to read. I think that was not my favorite thing, but, um, I read it because I wanted to kind of get an understanding of just the scope and the depth of the abuse of power and the predatory nature of this man that, you know, put this woman in that position. And I think, unfortunately, uh, it's, it can be hard to, you know, read through some of that stuff. It's kind of choking me up a little bit, just even reflecting on it. But, again, I thought it was important to read, so I did. And then after this lawsuit came out, this is, you know, we're talking like in the days prior to the Royal Rumble, which is one of WWE's biggest shows of the year. And they were, you know, hyping it up, you know, pretty heavily as part of their slate of early entertainment for this year. Um, This lawsuit came out. It got a lot of traction at media outlets. It was on the news. It was being picked up and reported everywhere. And then I think it was a day or two before the Royal Rumble, one of WWE's sponsors, Slim Jim, snapped into a Slim Jim. was putting there they said they were going to pause their relationship with wwe and that's when we all kind of thought okay something's got to give here because the only way you ever spur executives into doing into taking action and doing the right thing is hitting them in their wallets so you know something's got to give and then i think it was either later that day or you know the next morning that and, Vince McMahon announced that he was resigning from Endeavor and he was no longer going to be a part of the company. So that lawsuit is still going on. I think uh, Miss Grant, who sounds like a very brave woman from what I've read seems determined to root out more of this toxic culture and hold more of those potentially responsible for, what was what Vince was able to get away with um, to hold those people accountable. And so we're just kind of waiting and seeing what's going to happen with all of that. The thing is too, the lawsuit is not just against Vince, but against WWE as a whole. So this is bigger now than just Vince and his shenanigans, regardless of how big a role he played in that. And so that's kind of where we find ourselves now. Um, but yeah, um, fence is no longer with endeavor and unlike last year, when he was able to orchestrate his return against the wishes of the board, he no longer has that power. He's no longer a majority shareholder. He has some shares, but really no ability under the current regime to pull the type of stunt he did last year.
0: Interesting.
1: It's a lot to take in, but I wanted to get the facts out there. Here's what's happening. I was able to get through it and only got a little choked up. So I think we did pretty well. But it's just been wild, man, to watch this story kind of start as something that seemed fairly seismic at the time, but has essentially just continued to grow and grow until now it's like a dark cloud over the entire industry in some ways, because some, you know, for some folks, all they know is WWE. So if they hear Vince McMahon is this massive vile pile of crap, as we're referring to him as, uh, then that reflects poorly on everything else too. So I just kind of wanted to, Get your thoughts a little bit i know i can share some thoughts but as someone who does not consistently watch wrestling what has kind of been your perspective during all this and as this story has continued to grow and grow
0: yeah i mean it makes me think about um especially when i saw this it made me think about the common uh phrase terminology i'm not t- entirely sure of the like times have changed obviously uh and to be clear i'm not saying that in a like uh just dis- like a uh, man sad times have changed this is a good thing these these types of ousting and um showcasing of uh abuse. And that is important. And we should be acknowledging that this has been going on for far too long, unfortunately, and needs to stop and end because we as a society and culture do not need these types of things. And so I'm happy that there is the potential that not only this person might be able to get the um, justice that they are looking for, but that Vince will be able to, um, to finally be ousted fully and completely from this organization. Uh, I mean, especially we're talking about like, you know, hit him where it hurts, which is, you know, in the pocketbook type stuff. Um, I don't see... Them wanting anything to do with him, and especially if the clarity of them going like, "Oh, there's the fact that they had already marked him as a potential liability" is something very. I wonder if they knew this was coming down the chain, and they knew it, and we're just like, "Oh, this is we actually, you know what? Fine, we'll give him position, and we don't have to deal with him that long because he's gonna. This is all gonna hit the this particular um, shit." truck is going to hit the fan here soon and we'll be able to cut out to cut out the cancer pretty easily uh while looking also good in a unfortunately very sadistic type corporate uh monopoly or uh, very corporate capitalist type of way of looking at being like oh we're the good guys we got rid of the guy that was bad type thing so
1: the conspiracy theory is that Endeavor was aware of some of these other allegations or things that were maybe going to come out about vince and essentially used him as a pawn to acquire the company and then ensured that he would not be able to be a part of the company if and when shit hit the fan which of course if they had that information ahead of time no doubt that's that would have been an easy move to make That wouldn't surprise me if something like that happened. It could also be as simple as you said. They just, you know, they were trying to all be greedy execs together, but they're not going to let one (laughs) potential liability of a suit drag the rest of them down.
0: Oh, no. Yeah, no. They're definitely going to be like, no, gross. We don't want, uh, this guy's terrible. We'll get rid of him. When I don't know any of them, you know, I could not tell you, you know, one know, Adam from Steve or anything else like that, and no, yeah,
1: I don't know a whole lot about the rest of that executive structure. Um, I, I mean, I know who's in charge and where. I just you know, it's like Dana White or Ari Emanuel, for example. I can't say I know a whole lot about either of them personally. I just assume that they're looking out for themselves in most cases because they usually are, and that makes it simple enough. Um, I don't really know what else is going to happen with all this. If she is determined to follow it through and that winds up happening, I think we've only seen maybe the tip of the iceberg here. This could get a lot more ugly for folks who have been with the company for a long time. And I'm not going to name any names because I don't think that's fair to do. Um, I think we'll let the story kind of play out and then uh, make, our judgments at that time but regardless if it continues to be resolved in the courtroom i mean this could this could be an ugly situation for a while so they're going to try and do whatever they can to distract people from the fact that this is a thing um so i would assume they're going to continue to invest heavily in trying to keep people focused on the product and not what's
0: going on behind the scenes yeah yeah i i agree with you on that i it, this seems like a good place for them to be like hey look at the shiny over here we're gonna i've un- unfortunately in a way this is i fortunately and unfortunately this also feels like a great opportunity for them to start pushing more of the women wrestling side of the 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 brand, uh, I think it's hmm, how to say this. It is good that this is an opportunity for them to be like, hey, we did wrong. Let's let let's start pushing this more. Let's start bringing these um let's start bringing these wrestlers forward. Let's start showcasing them more. I I, I think this might even be like a potential good. I think there's a little bit more to talk about this topic, but I want to be like, this is a good segue for us to be moving into the Royal Rumble conversation. But um, I think this is a, it is a very good opportunity for them to grow as an organization. And I, you know, full power to um, rooting out the, the cancer that is in this organization. I, when things like this happen, I always get concerned or scared uh, just because it is, the potential for idols, superstars that you look up to but could easily be brought into this. And if they are, it's unfortunate. It has to happen, uh, especially if that the behavior isn't tolerated. But it just is one of those things that it makes me sad when somebody, you know, when you learn that CM Punk is actually kind of a bit of a dick. And you're always like, man, I really like that guy. It's too bad he's <laughs> apparently anyway. kind of an asshole. So. Um, I mean, CM Punk's drama
1: seems like child's play. Oh yeah, fun. no, no,
0: no. <laughs> to be clear, not putting this and not putting CM Punk's, uh, like you said, drama in this even anywhere close to the same vein as this. But um, it is one of those things that I look at and go, like you know, when I learned a little bit more about him, I was like, well, this makes me sad because I I liked him, and to learn that I like somebody that was so gross just makes me sad on the inside and that's my concern is, is these types of things come out is like uh, we're going to um, we're potentially going to lose people that we had these emotional connections to and they now have to leave our lives because they made bad choices and they deserve to leave our lives so
1: yeah well, that is unfortunately just part of life especially if you consume a lot of entertainment. So. <laughs> That's, you know what you sign up for. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we'll kind of see what the rest of that fallout's going to be. I mean, Vince is gone. Um, as for Brock Lesnar, they pulled him out of all of their creative plans. He no longer appears in the, uh, you know, they always play the, like, little hype video right before mm-hmm. their show. Um, he no longer appears in that in any way, shape, or form. He was going to be on a special cover of WWE 2K24 kind of showcasing the 40 years of WrestleMania. They took him off of that. So they are scrubbing him. Wow. From anything that has to do with them for the foreseeable future. And I mean, if this continues to be a thing, which I hope it does in terms of the lawsuit, then, you know, that's probably just a preview of, you know, who else that's maybe going to happen to. Yeah. But yeah, anyone who's making them look bad in public is going to be, you know, not affiliated with the company anymore. Ousted pretty heavily, looks like. Seems to be, seems to be. And in the meantime, I agree with you on, you know, it's a good opportunity to, place a more specialized focus on women's wrestling in terms of, you know, their placement on the cards and the amount of time that they get for their division. They've made strides in these areas, you know, over the past, you know, five to 10 years, there's still work to do. So, like you said, could be a good opportunity to do just that. And that kind of brings us... To the Royal Rumble, uh, Michael, you were there. You saw Slim Jim was <laughs> back in arms with WWE after Vince
0: was gone. Their ads were everywhere. Yeah, I mean, the entire ring was a Slim Jim ad at one point. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that unfortunately, it's
1: also probably going to continue to be a thing because, yay, we love that sweet, sweet sponsor money.
0: Yeah, um, I mean, to be honest, Jesse, it, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hate to say it. But it kind of worked. I saw that and was like, man, I haven't had a Slim Jim in forever. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it probably
1: helped a little bit that they aired the new Slim Jim commercial along with some like clips of Macho Man Randy Savage's old commercials
0: to kind of like get the nostalgia going too. Uh, Yeah, no, don't get me wrong. I mean, the reason I had a Slim Jim, I think for the very first time was because Not because Macho Man Randy Savage, because I feel like he might have been Slim Jim commercials might have not had him as the character at that point. Um, I do remember seeing uh, him in my dad's old comics. I do definitely remember those ads. But I think there was like a guy with like a giant Slim Jim as a head. um, And he would like he would like bite the Slim Jim and then it would go into your stomach and it would be like this guy running around like a fake stomach and crazy stuff would happen
1: yeah yeah I, I
0: remember those okay okay good i'm not <laughs> just want to make sure i'm not having a fever dream but i do remember being like i want to try this and like having one for the first time and i was like man this is just like a terrible pepperoni stick this is bad
1: it is um, not good it is <laughs> very greasy and unsatisfying and you will feel instant shame and regret after having consumed the slim Jim. that being said you heard it here first the ads came on and we were talking about
0: Slim Jim, so
1: maybe they're on to something.
0: <laughs> I mean, I think we were also uh I I we also talked about the fact we appreciated that they were like uh the Macho Man uh acknowledged, like his like legacy in the commercial too, because we were all like, Oh yeah, like uh I remember this. This was great, this was fun, blah blah blah. Like and we even started talking about uh <laughs> like other references of like, you know, bone saw is ready. <laughs> and I was able to drudge up from my memories the, the whole uh, time he was Rasslor in um, Dexter's lab, the monkey bit or whatever. And it was like, yeah, yeah. you know, and he was like monkey. I just, that lives in my head rent free. Um, <laughs> God, what a glorious voice that man had. <laughs> I know he like, yeah. To be clear, I think that man could, is. Uh, we're so fortunate he got into such a a place where he had to use his voice. And because of his voice, obviously, I think that helped to boost his um, profile so much more. But I, I would feel so sad if, like, there, there has to be more Macho Man Randy Savage voices people out there, but, like, their accountants <laughs> or they work like in an it thing where like they don't talk to a lot of people or they just very quiet and just off to the side. And you're like, ah, stealing Uh, the, stealing the beauty from the world. (laughs) If the it guy went all
1: Randy Savage on me, when I put in a ticket, I would probably lose my shit. (laughs) uh, Um, yeah, I, I think that's a good thing about WWE since triple H, was, you know, inserted as the head of creative after Vince resigned for the first time was that he understands that the fans have, you know, a nostalgia for some of these, you know, past beloved figures. And I think sometimes Vince, you know, because Vince always held his grudges against people, he would kind of just pretend that certain past stars or talents basically didn't exist if He wasn't on good terms with them Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: as far as i can tell triple h doesn't really seem to make decisions that way he if it looks like it's going to be something that will make people happy and draw money i mean he's all for it it seems like
0: yeah, it's almost like he's making smart business decisions
1: (laughs) i don't call him the cerebral assassin for nothing i guess We saw the Slim Jims, we saw the commercials, and you know, for those, again, who haven't listened to one of our other wrestling episodes, we used to watch wrestling together in high school, so this wasn't the first time by any means that Michael and I have sat down together to watch a wrestling show, but it has been a long time, so I'm curious just kind of to get your overall thoughts on how you enjoyed it, what you liked, what was different that stood out to you about it for better or worse things like that
0: yeah actually before we before we get in that jesse could you maybe explain what a royal rumble is oh sure Um, yeah just because i think if like i know i mean probably some of our other listeners do know but i think it's just a good thing just to kind of set us a baseline because like people hear royal rumble they also may think like uh like a clash Royale and that type of stuff, like the very similar names and things, but yeah,
1: it wouldn't be too far off. I don't think if that was their initial thought process, (laughs) but the Royal rumble is a pay-per-view that WWE does every year in the months leading up to WrestleMania, it kind of kicks off their WrestleMania season as they describe it. And the reason they say that is because At the Royal Rumble, there are two Royal Rumble matches, one for the men, one for the women. And it's a 30-wrestler over-the-top battle royal, meaning the only way to be eliminated from the match is to be thrown over the top rope and have both feet hit the floor. Uh, It starts off with two wrestlers. Yeah, and then a new entrant uh, comes into the match every minute and 30 seconds. And it continues until there's one wrestler left standing, and the victor earns a championship match at WrestleMania. So that's kind of their incentive to be in the ring for a very, very long time.
0: And then, so and then you mean like championship match at WrestleMania? Like WrestleMania being like the just because we recently had it, the, the Super Bowl of the WWE world and obviously going for the championship match is the the, the pinnacle of the, the 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 goals right because that makes you the, the top dog if as you would
1: yeah it's their biggest show of the year super bowl of wrestling is you know pretty apt way to describe it and yeah they're always chasing that glory and prestige of you know championship gold um some more successfully than others, it seems, but we will talk about <laughs> that too.
0: Yeah. And then they, they always point to the giant, uh, WrestleMania logo, which this for the, for, uh, and to be clear, um, I, I mentioned this and everyone kind of, we, we all kind of laughed about it, mm-hmm. but, um, I was just like, is it the, where's WrestleMania being held? Jesse, maybe that will give context to the, uh, why it, it, it was funny that I thought it what it, what I thought it was.
1: So WrestleMania 40 XL, as you might say, is taking place in the city of brotherly love of Philadelphia.
0: Cool. So the wrestling logo this year was of the Liberty Bell, since that's in Philadelphia, mm-hmm. and. How it was done, though, when I was looking at it um, and I thought it was the weirdest thing in the world, it it's the 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 rim of the bell and the I I feel like I know what it's actually called, but the 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 hammer, the part that actually does the ring inside the bell um, sticking out. And for a majority of the time, I thought it was a um broken like pearl ring that they were showing and i was like thinking that um the wrestling um (laughs) i was thinking that it was like oh it's because it's uh like some sort of association of like how many anniversaries you are like you know there's certain amount of anniversaries is like your your golden one and silver one and all that type of stuff and i was like maybe it's the pearl anniversary and that's why (laughs) it's a broken pearl i guess and then i said it out loud and Y'all were like, no, it's a, (laughs) it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a bell. And I was like, oh yeah, look at that. It would be a bell. That does make sense. (laughs) You were a little more outside the box
1: with your thinking than they were. I fear. (laughs) That's fair. (laughs) I, I feel like that's a lot of the time with me. So, which to your credit, I feel like I can see what they were going for. They maybe should have made it a little more clear <laughs> that it is a bell and not just a <laughs> generic looking background, which is kind of basically what it is when you have the giant WrestleMania,
0: you know, slogan right in front of it. Right. And it's OK, Jesse, you, you can say that I was I was, I was, uh, maybe I was a little maybe had had a little too much to drink if I was thinking that was what it was. <laughs> I mean, I'm not one to judge anybody for that, so <laughs> <laughs> you won't get
1: any grief from me. But no, it's yeah, I I can see your thought process there because I know you, so I, <laughs> I get you.
0: But that that aside, um, yeah. So WrestleMania 30 person thing. Uh, there's the women's division. There's the men's division uh, mm-hmm. for th- their perspective or respective. Um, belts and they started out with the women's and then they went into normal matches and then they did the men's like i'm remembering that correctly right
1: you are yeah they basically arranged the card to begin and end with a rumble match and then there were only the
0: two other matches in between gotcha um yeah i so for not seeing a rumble in a very long time um and maybe having a little bit more of a discerning eye this time. It was, it was still very cool and fun. I loved the, the women's uh, match was great. Um It was cool to see like the, the very similar wrestling styles that the men I've seen men do for so long uh, being the fact that that was mostly when I was there, the women's division was it existed is a nice thing to say about it. But uh, for example, there was things like bra and panties matches, um, as like a thing that was not super common, but as like a part of the women's division back in the day when I was watching it in high school. So the fact yeah, that we, I wonder who booked all of those. Yeah. Ex- yeah. I know. So, man, <laughs> it's almost like there's a through line here. Uh <laughs> but, uh, like seeing like the fact that the women now have their own uh, Royal Rumble. And I think it was, it was a really great event. Like the consistent going all the different characters, uh, personas, superstars. I don't know what their official. uh, Names are for that. Um, But they were, it was really fun to watch it all and like, see the different styles of wrestling, uh, see so many of the different types of, characters that were being portrayed in the ring um, there was still some goofiness and clearly I think uh, like I was I kind of mentioned it was clear to me that not everyone's on the top of their game there were quite a few times where I was like wow that was nowhere near you as a human being but in also fairness <laughs> most of the time there's only like two or three people in the ring and so the 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 hits can be sold better and I feel like the angles are easier to navigate And therefore, it is easier to hide that it's, you know, not always the most real physical punches or real physical slaps happening or kicks and stuff. But with the Royal Rumble, it was much clearer that it's like, oh, that person didn't actually kick that person or they caught that with their foot type stuff. So, yeah, it's a
1: difficult match to. I guess uh, not unveil or take a peek behind the curtain and if you will, because it's, you just can't hide everything with that many people in the ring at the same time.
0: Yes. Very true. Um, (laughs) But but, I mean, it was cool. It was fun. Like it was great seeing um, all the different, uh, all the different superstars come out, uh, learning a little bit about them. Um, You and Natalie were very helpful. I feel like for all of us who were just completely (laughs) ignorant to like who this person was or who that person was. Um, And Yeah, it was cool. I also learned that Natalie doesn't like somebody because she has a weird butt. Um, (laughs) She was one of the best (laughs) things that I learned that night. So, yeah.
1: And for the record, the weird butt belongs to Bailey, who won the Women's Royal Rumble. So it was not the desired outcome for Natalie in that situation. (laughs) Uh, She's a blast to watch with. One of the many reasons she is so dear to me because she has people that she is very strongly against, irregardless of which storyline they're in or if they're a good guy or a bad guy. She just doesn't like them, and she vocalizes that to my enjoyment. So it's, it's fun. Um, but yeah, I, I thought for the second year in a row now, the women actually outshone the men as far as the Royal Rumble goes. I thought their match had a better flow to it. I thought they had more fun surprises. Mm -hmm. I thought that the ending sequence, which I always place, what kind of makes or breaks a Royal Mm -hmm. Rumble for me is, okay, this might have been going pretty well up until now, but if the ending is garbage, then I'm probably never going to want to watch this again. Um, And that for two years in a row now, I thought they had an ending sequence that was more clever and kind of left it a little more ambiguous about who the victor was going to be. It wasn't as clear as what was going to happen. So, no, I thought they did great, and I think it just shows how far things have come since we were in high school. I think it was very cool, too, that they were willing to have... Jordan Grace come over, who is the TNA knockouts champion. So she wrestles for a different company, essentially. And she was allowed to participate in the Rumble. She was in it for a decent amount of time. So they didn't just bring her in to embarrass her because
0: (laughs) it doesn't work for them or any any tomfoolery like that. But uh, Uh, maybe it would be considered a Vince move to bring her over and then make fun of her. Yeah, that yeah. sounds like something the old man <laughs> would have done. Um, so
1: I, I thought that was neat. It was a fun surprise. And yeah, I just, I think they shine the brightest on the evening. Um, and I thought that I felt the same the year before as well.
0: Very cool. Yeah. Um And then the other two matches just kind of, I, I mean, I, I don't know people's names uh, in them, but They also were pretty good. I think they were very well curated. Um, I, because it was, what was the next one? It was, was that the triple threat or was that? Uh, They did the fatal four way. Fatal four way. That was right. Okay. For the
1: WWE Championship. And that was Roman Reigns defending against Randy Orton, who I know you remember from high Mm -hmm. school, as well as AJ Styles and. Not Lud Night, but LA Night is <laughs> what he usually goes by.
0: No, it's la Night.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Those who don't know his, his, it's literally like it sounds LA and then Night is this <laughs> dude's name. And these guys were saying that eh, it's Lud Night. And I thought that was pretty funny. So,
0: what, is- what do you expect from us? It, it's just LA and then Night. Like, no, no, no,
1: you misunderstand me. I love it because. <laughs> I don't often think of these things. So when I watch with people who don't have the same perspective, (laughs) then I can get some insight onto how ridiculous certain things are. And that's always welcome and appreciated.
0: Very similar to me being like, why is there a giant broken pearl ring? I don't understand. this." (laughs) Yeah. 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 I think that's kind of cool
1: to see how non-wrestling fans perceive all that. At the end of the day, it's it's still entertainment. So, you know how it registers with them, I think kind of speaks to their ability to reach a general audience. So
0: fair. Um, Yeah, no, I thought that match was, it was good. Um, It was interesting to like, learn a little bit more. Like, again, thanks. Thank you to you and Natalie for helping us out. uh, us Mm -hmm. uh, Uncultured swines. Um, Learn a little bit more about like what was going on with the wrestling and like the. uh, Different factions and all that 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 was going on that way i was just like oh these are just a bunch of people and they kind of are upset with each other i guess because you know that's what wrestling is uh but yeah. yeah yeah that fatal
1: four-way was okay for me i in my case you know roman reigns has been the champion for over a thousand days he's on the longest title reign in 40 years and that can be something that works but unfortunately his matches have become pretty repetitive in terms of how they end because it looks like he might lose his faction, which is basically a bunch of cronies that are part of his family. Uh, one of them or two of them will interfere, screw the other guys who are about to win, and then Roman will hit one of his finishers and win the match. And that's like been the choreographed ending for like a solid year and a half now. And I'm just, yeah, kinda over it, I'm ready for something new for that title. Yeah, it kinda seems uh quite boring. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Quite boring is a great way to describe it. So we need we need some fresh blood there. Hopefully that will happen soon. But you know, I that was probably my favorite part, was just listening to you guys talk about LaNight and then kind of getting behind <laughs> him as he was making some moves and looking like maybe he was gonna pull that one out unexpectedly
0: yeah uh unfortunately though they uh, obviously they are going to do it i I feel like uh it would have to be a very specific storyline for them to change titles at like a royal rumble before they have wrestlemania it it would have to be something like is you know is he going to get the title back and from what i was seeing from the the Robin it didn't really feel like that's the type of character he is that they're established him as and even like as you were talking about him it doesn't feel like that's the way they would go without that, that story arc um yeah
1: that would have been the most shocking thing <laughs> all year and who knows what else will happen but it would have been the most surprising if he had dropped it at the rumble because like you said it it rarely if ever has happened that there's ever a title change like that on a a show leading up to their biggest show of the year
0: yeah and to be clear though i think uh, you know it's not i i didn't like go in not expecting that to happen because i know kind of how it could go like if you know it's it would be a very good storyline to be like oh he lost it just before this and now he's gonna now he's gonna have to try to fight somebody else or something but obviously he can't because there's the whole like title match at the Royal Rumble or at, at, WrestleMania from the Royal Rumble. So it's just an interesting in thought I had, but yeah, yeah, I don't know, but we can move on to the next one. Cause I think that one past the, the women's uh, Rumble um, got us the most excited. Um, <laughs> and, yeah. yeah. And I think the reason for
1: that is a little amusing in that uh, for those who don't know, Logan Paul has been signed to wrestle for WWE for two or three years now. And yeah, uh, not a popular guy for good reasons. I mean, at least in terms of like what people think about him as a person. I mean, his YouTube channel is certainly very popular, but um, yeah, not, not, not somebody that a lot of us think very highly of, but you know, to their credit um wwe kind of recognized how people might respond to someone like him and you know i hate to say it but the dude has some chops and he seems like he's been doing it for a long time and that's kind of crazy to me considering he just started wrestling a couple years ago so he
0: he can hang that was the part that irritated me the most, I think was like watching him and going, damn it. He's good. He's like yeah. really good at this. And it was impressively. So like many times I sat there and was just like, wow, like he's going full bore at this. He isn't half assing this. Like um, he did uh, not a frog splash, a, um, a, uh where he like jumps and he like, kind of, or is it a frog splash where he jumped and like, kind of like brought his, his uh, body together and then splayed it out. Uh frog splash. Yeah. That is a sprout fox. Man, look at that. You still got it, man. <laughs> like 20 year old knowledge coming back to me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so like, at, like seeing him do that, like that was incredibly impressive because I like, I know, but I think the, the I mean, the commitment to the frog splash is pretty impressive. Like that is, I know that is a, very um it's a very very uh the commitment to the frog splash is huge like you are throwing your body full on to somebody else and in this type of combat theater you have to rely on them to catch you and you to be doing it correctly or you could seriously hurt yourself like many of these moves but watching him do it i was like wow that is actually impressive and i hate him how much I'm impressed by him right now. And that upset me to no end. (laughs) Well, they're
1: definitely, you know, cognizant of all that because they put him in situations in the match where he's doing the kind of cocky heel shit and getting under people's skin. And then the other guy starts kicking his ass a little bit and then it gets people invested. And then before you know it, you're like, on pens and needles on this back and forth match with Logan Paul. And and you think, wait, how did we get here? I didn't (laughs) think we were going to be here, but here we are. So it works. You know, I can see why they brought him in. And he seems to have the respect of that locker room. I know, you know, his opponent was Kevin Owens. And Kevin Owens is a guy who is not going to take any bullshit from somebody who just started doing this inside that ring. And I didn't get a sense that there was anything amiss there. So, you know, I don't, whatever, whether you like him or not, he he fits in there.
0: Yeah, I again, like to be clear, I don't like him for like his many irritating qualities of like his um, persona or his real person. Um, right. So many things. Yeah. But Same. <laughs> yeah. Um I was like god damn it this makes me like Logan Paul. What I liked about that match too and I thought
1: this was the other you know clever finish of the evening was that he has been winning matches by wow. you know one of his cronies slips him the brass knuckles and then he gets a knockout punch and then wins the match and he's won that way a couple times. This time Owens kind of saw that coming counters, knocks him out with the brass knuckles, but then unfortunately gets caught in the act by the referee and, you know, it ended in a disqualification. So they kind of mixed it up a little bit for him and gave us something a little different, which I always appreciate.
0: Yeah, that was really, I did like that. It reminded me very similar of a match we watched a very long time ago uh, where it was like a first blood match and mm-hmm. I, I was like Undertaker and somebody else. I have, I have no memory of who it actually was, but watching it like happen to get like that same type of way of like the, the heel did, did the wrong thing and the good guy uh, still lost. Like he shouldn't have lost because this guy would have done something bad too, but it was very, it was like, Oh my gosh. And the, it got me back again. I was like, man, yeah, this is a really solid match.
1: <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it was fun. I was, I think that and the women's rumble were probably the, the two stronger matches of the evening. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Unfortunately, damn you, Logan Paul. <laughs> damn you, Logan Paul, you son <laughs> of a bitch. And that just leaves the main event, uh, which was the men's Royal Rumble.
0: Yeah. Which uh, I don't think it's, uh, I wasn't as excited, like very similar to what you're talking about with um women's being really good. Uh I don't remember it being the my most I, I don't remember the same energy I felt with other Royal Rumbles I would seen, you know, way back when in, in high school. Being said, maybe that was just, you know, nostalgia and being a teenage boy um kicking in. But it did feel like it was all right. It didn't seem too crazy. Uh it was fun kind of being like, oh, are they uh what was the two factions we made up? Were they yes eat. Uh, no yeet Um... yeah the (laughs) yeet or no yeet oh thank you yeah which is the
1: Uso brothers who used to be a you know a celebrated tag team but have since had a bitter falling out Jay the baby face is for
0: yeet Jimmy the heel says no to yeet (laughs) so it was just amusing like because they played into it very well at the start where like different people were like how they would interact with the two of them it would be like, Oh, they're for yeet against yeet. And then eventually it stopped that. Cause I think they got away from it. And at several times it was, it was actually hard to tell who was who at <laughs> points. We uh, lost, uh, uh, was it no yeet for a period of time? And it was mostly cause his butt Cape got ripped off and we couldn't figure out who it was anymore. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. I, uh,
1: I think most of us fell in the yeet crowd. on uh, <laughs> just so everybody knows. I mean, you have to fall into the E crowd. Uh, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, the men's, I think, didn't flow quite as well and didn't have, you know, I think as cool of surprises as the women's did. So those were two areas that kind of took it down for me a little bit. I think they kind of went for the comedy spots a little more in the men's match. They did our um, <laughs> truth who has been around for a long time now, but... He was in a stable with some of the other guys in that match, and he you know plays up the kind of dumb comedy pretty well because he thinks it's a tag match, so he's standing there on the apron and he's waiting for a tag, and the guy's like, "What are you doing?" here <laughs> And it's not that it's not funny, but that's kind of like was one of their big spots in terms of something to surprise people with, and the other was. Pat McAfee, who of course was an NFL player and now he has his own show and um, does college game day on ESPN, in addition to commentary for WWE, Um, he wrestles sometimes and is also not bad (laughs) by any means, but uh, they played his music like he was supposed to enter. He gets up on the apron, gets in the ring, sees omas who is like eight feet tall practically and then Braun breaker who is just a beast of a man that looks like he could have thrown mcafee into the second row if he had wanted to and mcafee says nope not doing this pops (laughs) over the top rope onto the floor and eliminates himself and again another you know kind of comedy shtick instead of maybe doing like a surprise legend, or somebody who hasn't been around for a while, or something like that. Fair, fair. So i I think that kind of hurt the flow a little bit. I think the other part that hurt the men's rubble, and we've talked about him before on this show, but uh, that would be Mister CM Punk.
0: Yeah, he was. Uh, he was, and to be clear, I obviously I could never do what they do. Uh, no, no possible way my body would be able to make that happen but it was very clear CM Punk is old
1: yes so Punk returned to WWE in November at the Survivor Series premium live event he had been wrestling for AEW a few months prior to that but he had just recently returned from a triceps injury and I think when you have to spend time rehabbing and you know recovering from an injury and getting back into shape, you don't, you know, have that same ring shape and conditioning that you do if you're, you know, wrestling every week. So it, it kind of looked like I mean, he he was very red. It looked like he was tired, you know, pretty quickly in that match. And he kind of looked his age, you know, and he's in his forties. This this can happen win with wrestling but uh, it was also revealed the next day that he sustained an injury in the royal rumble and tore his tricep again so that was obviously hindering him as well and i remember michael you thought and this this was why it's fun to watch with you guys (laughs) but you you got a little you know Frankie at the ending because it was a little anticlimactic. Did I remember that
0: correctly? Yeah, it it was just kind of happened. And then I was like, oh, okay, that was, that was it. All right. I kind of thought that too at the time. I wonder now
1: if maybe they didn't call an audible for whatever Mm. they were going to do originally, since essentially his shoulder is fucked (laughs) in this match now. Um, So maybe they just went for an easier exit for him because, whatever they were going to do wasn't going to be possible now, or I don't know, something like that. But he was, you know, kind of going to be a featured attraction in all this. And he just kind of looked his age and then unfortunately he got hurt. And now, now he has to rehab again and hope that he has better luck on the injury front next time, but not, not as uh he didn't make as much of an impact as I think a lot of people thought he was going to or hoping he would hoping he would as well. Yeah, um, Cody Rhodes won the Rumble. Obviously, they made the right call now since Punk is injured (laughs) and wouldn't be able to perform at WrestleMania anyway. But Cody won. It's the second year in a row that he's won. He's got a lot of crowd support right now. He's, you know, I think at this point, a safe bet that he'll be their next champion. And if they don't do it this year, I don't know when else they would do it because it just seems like all the dominoes are falling that way, but he's a, he's a good dude. I, I like him. His dad was a wrestler that a lot of people have fond memories of. He's always kind of played up that underdog role a little bit. So, no, I'm, I'm happy for him. I hope, I hope it works out. Um, and yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, Any other thoughts
0: on the men's rumble? I mean, not really. It was, it was cool and fun to see again. It was, um, interesting, uh, to kind of see, like, like you said, like it felt like the women's, uh, version was better. It felt like the flow did feel better. It did feel like there was more time for interactions to happen. That felt meaningful. Um, at least at the beginning of the men's it, you know, it was like, Oh, like they're like the yeet, no yeet type thing. Uh, and those interactions, but as it went on, it did kind of feel like it was dragging at points and I was just like, okay, yeah. where are we going guys? Yeah. And
1: I would now yeah, geez, I would agree with all that. and yeah, I think it just shows that, you know, I mean, obviously the women's one was booked, better than the men so they had that going for it but i think they just always wrestle with a more heightened sense of urgency is what i would call it because they've had to work so hard to get what they have and Mm -hmm. there is still like we said earlier room for growth in those areas so they always just kind of bring it in those spots in a way that, not that the men get complacent, because I think there's a lot of guys in that locker room who who want to do the, the best they can as well, but they're just kind of more accustomed to those spots, so I think maybe without even realizing it, they can take those situations for granted, whereas the women, like, they just have that urgency because they want not only to keep these spots, but they want to continue to to grow and, you know, have more representation and uh, more prominent placement on the cards.
0: Yeah. Uh, I did want to the uh, Eddie Guerrero's kid, right? He was or was that Ray Mysterio's kid? Ray Mysterio's kid, right?
1: Ray Mysterio's kid. The funny thing about that is in 2005, when Dominic Mysterio is his name, was just a little kid. Uh, they brought him into a storyline between Ray and Eddie, where Eddie mm-hmm. was telling Dominic that he was his actual father. And they had a custody for Dominic ladder match that I believe <laughs> Ray Mysterio won. <laughs>
0: oh wrestling you so story. go it, home you're drunk it's funny that people
1: still get kind of tripped up and think he might be eddie's kid <laughs> because that was an actual storyline that they did
0: <laughs> oh my gosh <sighs> yeah. but uh yeah he was a
1: stereo sh- uh, yeah he people hate that guy he gets a lot of
0: passionate reactions <clears throat> Yeah, I, I mean, again, like this is the first time I've seen this at a very long time, and I was like, man, look at this shit. <laughs> Being a little shit over here. <laughs> he,
1: he plays such a good prick. You always need guys like that on your show that they're not a badass heel. They're not, you know, a super capable wrestler or champion. They're just kind of a chicken shit that gets by with the number of <laughs> game and cheating and, you know, avoiding, you know, the guys that, you know, They know we'll beat them and things like that. And he he has gotten very good at doing those things in a pretty short amount of time. So fun that because especially because his dad was always such, you know, a lovable underdog that, wow, his son went a completely different path, which I think is probably for the best because now he's standing out on his own more than Mm -hmm. he probably would.
0: Yeah, I, I, I mean, to be clear, I think that's uh, like you said. It's important to have that uh, person, uh, you know, on the card. Um, it was fun being mad at him, and then like being like, "Ah, oh, what? Your poor, like, you know, the the uh, uh, Italian to me, uh, your poor father. What would he think of you? What you've done?" Type stuff. Like, you know, yeah, it was good.
1: Yeah, it's it's always fun to watch people literally wish death upon this twenty-some like year old kid. <laughs> Just because he's acting kind of shitty. <laughs> Just he's acting kind of shitty and has beaten up his dad a few times. Boo. <laughs> yep. Doesn't take much. Yeah. Uh, but no, it was it was a lot of fun, man. I enjoyed having you guys over for that. Um, I will probably do that at some point again in the future. So. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, I'm stoked to see. I mean, are we doing WrestleMania? Like... <laughs> We
1: can do WrestleMania Um, WrestleMania, you know, it's 40. So they're kind of like going all in on trying to make it as big of a show as they possibly can. They we talked about on our last episode that The Rock is now part of, you know, the board of TKO. And he has, you know, signed on. I think he's going to at least be at WrestleMania as kind of taking Roman reigns's side, who is his cousin against mm-hmm. the lovable underdog Cody Rhodes, which has brought back some chance that Rock probably hasn't heard in a very long time. <laughs> People have always loved him so much. Um, so he's going to have a presence there. They're gonna, I think, kind of do everything they can to make it a big show. So, yeah, if we want to circle back and see how things are going we can absolutely do that yeah let's do it it seem it i mean i'm excited 40 years would be great um, 40 years and i'm 34 so that means i've been alive for most of them yeah <laughs> <laughs> fun yeah it's a, it's a big event it should be a fun show all really all their shows since triple h took over they're fun i mean i wouldn't say they always reinvent the wheel or you know have a flawless card start to finish or anything, but it's consistently fun. And with something like this, that's you know, as much as you can ask for, I think.
0: Yeah, I I mean, it doesn't have to be solid gold every single time. It right. has to be fun. <laughs> so uh, it was good.
1: I I was reminiscing a little bit on you know while y'all were over about our high school days and thinking, man, maybe I should have like put out some Doritos or some pizza rolls (laughs) or something to Um, get those nostalgia vibes going. That's what we should do. Pizza rolls. Yum. Pizza rolls. Hey, they go down smooth and then (laughs) it's up to you on how well the rest of that turns out.
0: (laughs) Perfect. And on that, I think we'll wrap it up here. (laughs) It's a good call. Yeah. Uh, Thank you so much for listening to hit the reel, the podcast where we talk about the entertainment that we consume and what we really think about it. Try to get this podcast out weekly usually on saturdays sometimes on sundays uh it's really depending on how much i'm doing that weekend or how much i have to battle the uh, the the anchor spotify library to get my to get the recordings off uh but hey if we missed anything or um you would like to reminisce about your favorite um macho man randy savage uh quote saying uh feel free to email us at hit the at gmail.com again that's hit the real at gmail.com we'd love to hear from you uh, also feel free to take a look at our description all right also feel free to take a look at our patreon in the description of the episode we'd love the support and like always hey keep it real